you with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. We are back post-Christmas, post-week 16. We're on to championship week. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is Faraz. I'm here with Zach. Zach, week yeah. 17, baby. It's championship week. I want to hear how many people who is listening right now made it to the championship. I hope it's most of you guys. I got a lot of DMs. I got a lot of text messages, a lot of messages in our community saying that you guys have made it to the championship. Not in just one of your leagues, in multiple leagues. Super happy to see it. Um, and, you know, listen, the job's not done. I know you made it, but let's win it. Let's get that trophy. All right. There's no trophy for yeah. second place in, in most leagues, at least. Um, Zach, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a little upset because I got knocked out in our league this past that, week. Yeah. Um, two leagues, I got knocked out, right? Uh, in, in our yeah. diehards league, I got knocked out by somebody who is a diehard, upper hand diehard, right? And, you know, and he's been taking my advice all season long. On you know right. who he should start, and you know, listen, like ninety five percent of the credit goes to him. Five um, percent might go to me, you know, because I probably you made played some yourself. bad choices there too. Play myself, <laughs> play myself. What can I do? I play myself. So uh, it is what it is. What are you going to do uh, in our league though? Like that, that's the one with uh, you know with our, our homies, and I feel like that's that's the one that matters to me the most. That's the one. That's the one uh, closest and nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, it took me like right. a good 24 hours to, uh, you know, recover from that. Like I didn't talk to my friends for like a day. Um, oh man. And, uh, I didn't and, know yeah, it was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Wait, man, I, I know, lost, and, I'm, and I'm still, I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering. Yeah. I see that. I lost out of that league to you and I came on the podcast. I think it was the next day. Yeah. Maybe it was the night of, I don't even know. So that is, uh, whew, I, I, I know I take it seriously, but I didn't know you took it that seriously. That, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> hey, listen, man, listen, man, fantasy is life. All right. Yes. Fantasy is life. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, the good thing. So when I lose in these type of situations, like what gives me a little bit more satisfaction is the fact that I, I didn't lose because of a decision that I was mulling over. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, when saying. you mull over a decision and you make the wrong one, you're like, oh, man, that's brutal. So, like, there was one decision that I made. And, you know, it was like, all right, well, you know, this cost me 10 points, right, by, yeah. by making the wrong decision here. But then I lost by, like, 15 points. So, because of that, because of the fact that I lost by 15, I didn't feel as bad. Now, if I lost yeah. by nine, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would have to <laughs> check into yeah. some facility or something. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm glad that we're here. We're back, and uh, we we got to help the people. We got to help you guys make it. I am in the championship in a couple of leagues that I, I, I don't care as much about, to be honest with you, because like you know your home league right. is that's where it matters to me the most. But um, I'm hoping that you know we make it to the championship. Well, we're already in the championship now for a lot of you guys and. Let's win it. Let's win it. This is the quarterbacks and running back show. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into it in a minute here. But, uh, but Zach, how, how are you feeling going to the championship week, man? I, I'm great. You know, honestly, I lost out of our league, the home league, which sucks. <laughs> and like I said, I was able to recover that from that pretty quickly because, you know, my team just had a bad week. I was dealing with it. That's another thing. I could fall back on injuries a little bit because I was missing so Tyree Hill. He was there the whole season. 
And then he left for the first round of the playoffs, and I was screwed. There wasn't anything I could do about that. I had to start. I think it was Rashid Shahid in his place, and Rashid Shahid no, came man. through a week late. He ended up having the touchdown last week and not the week before. So, you know, that kind of screwed me. So that kind of thing happens too. But I made the championship in two of the four leagues that I play in primarily that I really care about, which is good. So I'm all right with that. And oddly enough, (laughs) and I know I put the meme out about it on Instagram and a lot of people are talking about Amari Cooper. You know, he had that huge game. Oddly enough, it was both of those leagues where I'm in the championship where I was able to to survive the Amari Cooper game. I I was facing him in both. And I ended up winning both of them. I sent you one screenshot of the one team that I have. It's just ridiculous. Like all-time performance. They came through. It was like 195 points. Not a single bad day. Like Jared Goff was my lowest performer of the the week. I couldn't believe my eyes because the week before, that same team, (laughs) it scored 105 points. (laughs) And I was on by. So like... That was huge. That made all the difference to me. So that that that's how it goes sometimes in fantasy football. So I, I'm feeling good. You know, honestly, the ma- the matchups look good this week in that league. I have Dak Prescott. We'll talk about him. You know, he's my dynasty quarterback, and then the other guys. It, it's it's going to be a good week. I, I'm feeling wins coming on. I don't know about you, but I, I'm feeling wins Listen, coming man, on. I'm rooting for you. You got you got my uh, my energy, my good energy going your way. We're gonna get this ch- championship, right? Let's get let's get the trophy, bring it home. You know, it's funny in our league. You know, the one that I lost in. You know, I won last year, and if I won this year, it would have been really hard to get a trophy for the league because, like, a perpetual trophy that you pass around because it would have been kind of like awkward and uh, self fulfilling and a little bit arrogant <laughs> for me to get a league. Nah, get, that, I'm sorry, that's get, when you get a trophy, it, you know. Get, get a trophy that, that has because we just started this league with like these particular people. I mean, like we, we had a league together, but it was only like some of us, whatever. And we joined with a bunch of other people. So it, it would have been weird if I like I got a trophy for the league, like and then presented it to gave it to myself with just my name on it. Right. So now Two I can get a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I'm not giving the trophy to anybody. It's like I'm buying it for myself. It's just weird. Yeah. So now at least we, we're going to have another champion. I can get a trophy with my name on it from last year and then because it started last year and then, you know, the new champion's name and then give it to that person this year, yeah. which is which would be better. But anyway, all right. We got a lot to talk about. We have a bunch of quarterback changes this week, Zach. Uh, Russell Wilson is being benched. This is basically the same situation that Derek Carr went through last year. The Raiders were unsure of whether they wanted Carr on the roster in 2023. So they benched him for Jared Stidham. And guess who Russell Wilson's backup? This year is Jared Stidham. Okay. Mm, so he's going to step in. Um, I think he's a low end QB2 for me um, for those in Superflex or two quarterback leagues. Uh, but this is just an unfortunate situation for Russell Wilson, um, for the Broncos too. It, it doesn't look like he'll be a Denver Bronco next year. The question is do you think he's, he's going to be a starter for some team in week one of 2024? Or is he going to open that, the season as a backup? That's going to be tough. I don't think Russell Wilson's a backup in the league. You know, I, I look around the league. There's a lot of players that are playing right now where I'm like, mm, I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to, I don't want to go as far as say he's going to be a backup. I think he's going to be playing somewhere, but it's just tough with this whole contract situation, the way it's worked out. I'm not versed in the contract and all the clauses and all the stuff. You know, they put out that post today about it. And obviously everyone had questions. I had questions too. I was like, um, okay, let's see what's going on. But it seems like you mentioned they want to move off of Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be starting somewhere. Just not necessarily, it's not like he's going to go play in a role where he's going to suddenly be a QB1 again. You know, I don't think that, I think those days are behind him. We've seen that this season where he's been able to be efficient, but he doesn't really have that upside. 
I kind of like Jarrett Stidham this week. Like he's playing the Chargers, and they made Aiden O'Connell look good. You know, he they had four touchdowns. And granted, that was that was with Brandon Staley. The end. It was Brandon Staley's last stand. You know, they've allowed sixty three points. So what quarterback isn't going to have four touchdowns in that type of game? But you look at Jarrett Stidham and. If Cortland Sutton is playing this week, I know he's in the concussion protocol. If Cortland Sutton plays, I think low end QB two. I think that's like a baseline for what I'm expecting from uh, Jared Sidham. I think that there's a little bit of intrigue here. Like low end QB two just seems like he's kind of bottom of the barrel. I, I think he would move up a little bit. I, I have him. I think he's a mid QB two in my rankings, and maybe that's not as much of a difference as I'm making it out to be. But I, I don't want to just write him off because this is a good matchup. You know, on paper, obviously, and we've seen quarterbacks do their thing, including Aiden O'Connell, who looked terrible this past weekend. He had four touchdowns the week before against the Chargers. I don't want to just write him off. I kind of like Jared Sidham, and I might start him over a couple guys that, you know, you wouldn't usually start him over. One of the guys I'm particularly low on this week is Trevor Lawrence, but we'll talk about him later on because yeah. we, he's injured. But that's one of the guys I'm particularly low on. But Jared Sidham, I don't want to just write him off. So I, I know you said low QB2. Like, do you think there's any chance for upside there in this matchup? Because I'm just looking at the Chargers. I'm like, there has to yeah, be, right? I do, because last year when this happened, this happened in week 17 last year, same situation. He started week 17 and week 18. Um, he scored 28 fantasy points at home against San Francisco. Uh, and then uh, against Kansas City the week after, he scored 15 fantasy points. So, yeah. That's QB two. Well, the first one is like overall QB one numbers. <laughs> the second game, he, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. he, you know, he was a solid QB two. Yeah, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I remember week no. 17 because it was the 49ers. Like the 49ers were just barreling over everybody at that point. It was a Brock Purdy show yep. again. And it was a high scoring game. Um, the Raiders didn't win, but I do remember that. And it's just the parallels are pretty hilarious because this is the exact same situation, exact same right. quarterback. Like it's, it's just <laughs> funny. Sam Howell has been benched as well. Uh, we had two games in a row where Howell was benched, and then Jacoby Brissett comes in and moves the offense like it's supposed to be moving. Uh, and we were talking about this earlier, Zach. You know, Howell, he's been putting up big numbers, but this is like the James Harden effect or the Carmelo Anthony effect. Like, it doesn't always help the team the way you think it would <laughs> like with them scoring, yeah. with them like moving the ball and stuff like that. So he's had 10 top 12 fantasy finishes this season. Uh, and now Jacoby Brissett comes in against the 49ers. You know, tough matchup, right? Um, I, I think mm -hmm. I'm more inclined to start Terry McLaurin than I was with Howell under center. I think number one, um, you know, I think he's going to target Terry McLaurin more, like give him a higher target share. That's what I think. Because Howell's through for a lot of yards, but the problem was that he ended up spreading the ball around way too much. Yeah. It was going to guys like Curtis Samuel. And I don't have anything against Curtis Samuel, but Terry McLaurin needs to get targets. He's been running a lot of cardio. I know a couple of weeks ago he went out and he said it on record. He said, I've ran a lot of cardio out there today. Like that's what Terry McLaurin's been doing. And his managers have definitely been getting the butt end of that. But what's funny to me is Sam Howell, like you mentioned, he has all of those top 10 finishes. You know, he was a top 10 quarterback. It looks like six weeks in a row from weeks from week um, eight to 13. And then they had their buy in week 14. And suddenly the the flip switch, the, the switch flipped. I, I just said that backwards. But the switch was flipped and Sam Howell was terrible. <laughs> he, has, he has six points combined between the past two games. He had negative points scored. If you have the interception, you know, totals, if you have negative two um, for interceptions thrown, fantasy points, he's just been terrible. So I don't know what happened. I, I still think Sam Howell is super talented. Like they've been yeah. getting blown out, like you mentioned. Like this isn't like a situation where 
you know, Sam Howell's playing well enough where the team's doing good enough and he, he, there's a reason to keep him in the game. Like, I think if he if these games are at least a little competitive, you know, there would be an argument to say, all right, let's see what we have with Sam Howell. But it seems like at this point, the commanders, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. They're moving off Ron Rivera. And at this point, if you're going to move off Ron Rivera, you have this quarterback who isn't playing well. I like Sam Howell still. <laughs> I still think he deserves a shot, but I don't think it's going to be in Washington at this point now, because if you have two games left and you're making this change to Jacoby Brissett, you know what you have with Jacoby Brissett. You still don't know what you have with Sam Howell, but if they're willing to throw in the towel on Sam Howell right here, I, I think that tells me that he's not going to be with the commanders next season. I, I'm not sure. Or if he, if he is, he's going to be playing behind somebody. Commanders might draft someone, but it's just been a ridiculous fall from grace. Like I mentioned, just that bye week completely ruined his mojo. I don't know what there is to explain, you know, why that happened. But he wasn't getting the ball to Terry McLaurin. And I think when you look at that, Jacoby Brissett coming in, he's looked good in the two times that he's come in. There's definitely reason to be more confident, but I'm still tempering expectations. It's the 49ers. They're playing this week. So that's a tough matchup. I'm not overly um, discouraged uh, by this move in Dynasty. You know, um, I, th- I still think that he is can still be a solid QB2 at the very least, like moving forward. Um, there's still a chance he's their starter next year. Um, and if not, you know, he, maybe he's their backup, but I do think that there's a chance that you could buy him low. Now, the question is, do you buy him now when he just got benched or do you buy him when he becomes a backup next year? Or if he becomes a backup, that's like the risk that you take, right? Because right. if you end up buying him now and then he becomes, he's a backup to another quarterback in 2024, then now you just overpaid. But then when you if you can buy him when he's a backup next season or if he's a backup next season, you know, you're not really paying as much, but I do think that he's a talented quarterback. He just needs the right coaching. I think that's really what it comes down to. Washington isn't Um, an ideal situation because this is a team that's just been, it's not ideal. They have weapons. Like this isn't a situation where it's Bryce young. You know what I'm saying? Like they put Sam Howell in there and he's made, it's it's an organization thing. You know, obviously they just flipped, flipped that organization just, just this season. Um, so that's good, but Ron Rivera is going to have to go. We'll see what happens with Eric Bieniemy. I don't think Bieniemy is going to be their head coach. Um, I don't even know if he's going to be their offensive coordinator next year, assuming a new head coach comes in. So there could be a lot right. of changes here, you know. Um, yeah. So so we'll see what happens. Uh, another one, Tyrod Taylor is taking over for the Giants. This is a good thing, I think, for the entire offense. Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller. This isn't an overly this isn't an overly tough matchup or anything against the Rams. We saw the connection between Taylor and Waller for a couple of games for a couple of games earlier this year, and I think that can continue because this is a good matchup for tight ends. Uh, Tyrod definitely looked a little rusty this past week. He, he missed a couple yeah. of key throws, I- including what would have been a long Darren Waller touchdown. But with a week of first-team reps, I think he could be fine. Um, but yeah, you know, Waller, he had his best game of the season with Tyrod at quarterback. And the Rams are giving up the seventh most receiving yards to tight ends per game, the second most yards per reception, uh, and the second most touchdowns per game to run to tight ends. Uh, and by the way, yeah. Waller's route participation did jump up to 71%, according to Fantasy Life's utilization report. And I expect that to be above 80% this week, you know, three games removed from injury at this point. Yeah. And we, we've been on this a little bit, you know, for the past couple of weeks, we've been saying, you know, if Tyrod Taylor plays Darren Waller's probably a better start, but with Tyrod Taylor too, I think I'm with you on this one. I'm cool starting him as a super flex quarterback this week. Yeah, You know, I, I don't think true. I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm not going to be putting him in as my top 12 guy, 
But in you know, the top 24, he's easily going to be there, and he's going to fit into a lot of lineups that way. The thing about the other night, it was it was Christmas. Yeah, it was on Christmas. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you said he looked rusty. He did. But also, he came into the game down 20 to 3. You know, the pass yeah. rush was just teeing off on him. They didn't have to worry about, you know, run, dealing with a run game a whole lot. It was obviously a pass first situation. I think you put Tyrod Taylor, like you mentioned, with that week of practice, and then you have him in just a neutral game script to start in a game that they, I think they can be competitive in. You know, the Rams. They're they're firing on all cylinders, definitely. But their defense can be had. We just saw Derek Carr tear it up. I think that Tyrod Taylor has that same type of capability here. If you just kind of lean on Darren Waller, like you mentioned, and then you also have Darius Layton, he, they were able to connect on a deep touchdown. This isn't an offense without weapons. So I think the problem has been quarterback, but I think that Tyrod Taylor might be the most stable hand that they have. And now they're going to have him, like you mentioned, with this full week of practice going in. I like Tyrod Taylor. I think I have him as my QB 17 this week. I'd have to double check that. But I know he's he's relatively high up there. He's not someone that you're just sitting, leaving on the waivers or anything like that. Like that. Just go pick him up for sure. Um, he should be, in, should be on rosters, and he can be in lineups if you really need him to. Tyrod Taylor or Trevor Lawrence this week? <laughs> okay, yeah. So I've tired Tyrod Taylor ahead of Trevor Lawrence. And it's by a little bit. But with Trevor Lawrence, like, do we know if he's going to play? And this it, this factors partially into my analysis of what I'm looking at with Trevor Lawrence this week. But Carolina has also been ridiculous um, in terms of limiting quarterbacks in terms of scoring. And should we talk about Trevor Lawrence right now? Like, yes. should we just do it? Should I get into it? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So Trevor Lawrence, I have him way down the rankings. He's my QB 22 this week. That's partially because we're not exactly sure what's going on with him as far as the injury situation goes. I know there have been reports come out. Ian Rappaport said that he shouldn't play, allegedly, based on what he's heard. But we know that Trevor Lawrence just seems to play through everything. It doesn't matter what they say during the week. You know, he, he just plays through it. But with the Panthers, they've been really tough on quarterbacks this season. They've had three QBs finish inside the top 12 at the position when they face them. Jared Goff in week five, Tua in week six, and Jordan Love this past, past weekend. Kirk Cousins played them in week four, didn't finish in the top 12. CJ Stroud played them in week eight, didn't finish in the top 12. Dak Prescott, same thing, week 11. Didn't finish in the top 12. Baker Mayfield, week 13. Didn't finish in the top 12. Like They're allowing the third fewest pass yards per game this season. And that might be symptomatic of the way games have generally gone for them You know, this year. Teams haven't had to pass all over the Panthers because they've just been able to pretty much bleed the clock out in the run game when they build up a lead. But that And that would also explain why Carolina has allowed the most rushing touchdowns and fifth most rushing yards this season to running backs. But the way the Jaguars have been playing and the mediocre production that we've seen from Lawrence over the past few weeks, like, this doesn't feel like a good spot to start Lawrence if you have better options. I, I think there are a lot more options out there. And honestly, we just talked about Jared Stidham. Like, if he's sitting on your waiver wire, like, I would pick him up and consider starting him over Lawrence this week. He's got a good matchup against the Chargers. Lawrence, he's down in my rankings. And if we find out CJ Beathard on Friday or Saturday, you know, later on, if he finally says, all right, I'm going to miss this game because he has all sorts of injuries he's been deal dealing with this season, Trevor Lawrence. Like I, I wouldn't consider C.J. Beathard either. At that point, I'm pretty much out on the Jaguars' QB room, if I'm not already. All right, well, what about the Jaguars' running back room, right? Travis Etienne now, right? Like this is a, a, a matchup, a plus matchup for running backs. You know, if Travis, if, if we're, we're not expecting much out of this passing game, you know, and obviously, you know, all they have is Calvin Ridley and, and Evan Ingram at this point. Should we be expecting ETN to have a little bit of a bounce back game here? I, I feel like we can. And it 
seems like all the cards are falling into place. It's easy to just look at it as like, okay, Trevor Lawrence is banged up. We're not sure what's going to happen. It's a tough matchup for quarterbacks. Of course, the, the Panthers have been vulnerable on the ground. They've allowed the rushing touchdowns and the rushing yards. It's easy to just say, yeah, Travis Etienne should be that start. This could be his turnaround game. I'm on that train. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny. It. I'm on that train. I think this is a good spot for him to bounce back. I have him currently as my RB six on the week over a guy like Bijan Robinson right now, just because the matchup is good and we, his workload, obviously Travis Etienne since the bye hasn't exactly been the same, but that's because the Jaguars haven't been as competitive in terms of offensive scoring since Trevor Lawrence has been getting banged up in these past few games. They haven't been in competitive games. Uh, I'm looking at. Uh, Travis Etienne here as a good he's in a good spot to turn things around that's that's what I'm looking for at this point yeah. he hasn't okay. had that type of game over the past few weeks I think this is a good spot for him to do it because the Panthers have just been getting gashed they're right up there with the Cardinals in terms of fancy points allowed uh, to running back so I, I like this spot yeah. for him so it seems easy okay. but just take the low-hanging fruit yeah we just saw what Aaron Jones did against that defense and also you know it's interesting because you know I think the Panthers strength on offense is running the ball, right? But right. the Jaguars are really, really good at stopping the run. So now what happens here? Carolina's offense might just be stalled, right, in this game against the Jaguars. And I can see the Jaguars either having a neutral or positive game script at best. At worst, I should say, uh, at worst should be a neutral game script. So I can see even with C.J. Beathard under center that they just kind of like use their run game, you know, to get it done. So I, I do agree with you. ETN could have a big week this week. Um, a few more pieces of news before we get into quarterbacks and running backs for this week. Uh, Pittman, uh, Michael Pittman's still in the concussion protocol, uh, so keep an eye on his status. <laughs> you know, he was so close to returning, and then he showed some more concussion symptoms, and then he ended up going back in the concussion protocol. So that's absolutely brutal. Um, it looked CJ like he was Stroud, I know, I know, I know. It really, it really does suck, man. Um, CJ Stroud, he's expected to practice Wednesday. I, we'll get, we'll talk about him just here in a second. Um, and on the Vikings side, there's actually no word on who will start at quarterback for the Vikings. It's funny, like this team that is like in the midst of a playoff berth is like they don't know what the heck to do at the quarterback <laughs> position. Um, like, you know, either way, I think you're starting Justin Jefferson. Like there's no one left. Yeah, like, yeah. Jordan Addison has a high ankle sprain. TJ Hawkinson, by the way, towards MCL as well as the ACL. So, you know, that injury will likely linger into next season. Um, and we'll yeah. have plenty of time to talk about that in the offseason. But yeah, like I'm, I, I think I'm hoping that it's Nick Mullins at quarterback. Like if I have Justin Jefferson, but I think Josh Dobbs will will get the job done as well. Yeah. So you're, so it, it doesn't matter to you who starts pretty much. You're starting. Justin yeah. Jefferson. I kind of, I kind of prefer Mullins just because I think he's more of a, um, like he just like he's a YOLO type of quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll just like throw it downfield at Jefferson. Yeah, he's like, picks last you know, week, I'll tell you that Jefferson's <laughs> down there somewhere, right? Like I kind of like that. Hey. <laughs> it worked at the end of the game. Like, were you? I don't know if you were watching. It, it worked at the end of the game. It was, chucked, it was, was it like, fourth what, down? Third, was it third down or fourth down? It was. Yeah, no, it, was fourth, it was more than that, dude. Yeah, it was fourth and like fifteen or twenty or something like that. He chucked something it and he caught it that. right at the sticks. And yep. I, I thought that was dangerous because, like, if if it was short, if it, if they ended up ruling it short, they didn't. If they ended up ruling it short after review, they spiked the ball after that. Like it was first down. Like <laughs> it would have just well, been a turnover. Well, here's the thing: they get um, they have a. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I thought about the same exact thing when I watched that because right. I had Nick Mullins as my fantasy quarterback. This, what, like, as my <laughs> of course, yeah, you were watching, you're watching that game like a hawk. Behind, yeah, behind Jalen Hurts. 
And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Um, because it was such an up and down game. Like he throws a touchdown, then an interception, then a touchdown, then an interception. I just couldn't anymore. Um, yeah. But like, I thought, about, but I think what happens is like they they look over to the sidelines and look at the at the line judge, and and I think what what was happening, I'm assuming what was happening is that the line judge was moving the marker. So when you see that, yeah. you know that's a first down, or they marked it as a first down, I guess right? Because the yeah. refs in that situation, the refs have to make a call instantaneously. They can't blow the whistle, right? right. Um, so yeah. they have to make a call, and the call that they made was first down. Okay, boom, we can spike it. So with that information, he was able to spike the ball. But I, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Anyway, I, I, uh, I think I'm, I'm nerding out over here. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah with, with, with the quarterback situation, if you ask me, and I think you would probably be in the same boat. I know you just said you're hoping if you're a fancy manager, that's Nick Mullins. I think just from a general perspective, too, you have to go with Nick Mullins, right? I know he's had the interceptions and stuff, but like yeah. the offense has only looked capable with him under center. Like Josh Dobbs, cool story, great. But for those last two weeks before he was benched, they didn't do anything on offense. It was just terrible. And they had their full set of weapons. So like for me, I'm hoping it's Nick Mullins. I think it's going to be Nick Mullins at this point because at least they're scoring points. And Nick Mullins, he had the interceptions, like I mentioned, but he had them in position to win the game. You know, he was moving the ball downfield up until that last pick. So I think it's going to be him. And I, that's who I have ranked. I don't have Josh Dobbs in my rankings right now. So yeah. that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, same here. Um, I'm just a little worried, though. It, you know, if you start him, that he ends up getting pulled, right? And like that's the yeah, worst that thing be. for a, for a quarterback situation for fantasy. Like, you know, halftime you get pulled, and like they bring in Josh Dobbs. Like that's a nightmare, right there, right? So yeah. I, I kind of want to just avoid the situation altogether. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where do you uh, have in terms of the quarterback? Uh, Mullins ranked? Like, does that factor um, into where you have him ranked right now? Because I have him ranked as if he's going to play the full game. Yeah, I have him at 16s, which means I ranked. I have have him ranked as him playing the full game. Right. Yeah, I have him at 15. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's a the point that I'm making right now makes me want to move him down. Move him down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have just scared me off a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tough. Anyway, um, yeah. so Zach Wilson's not going to be the quarterback for the Jets on Thursday night. They're going into Cleveland with Trevor Simeon. And I know they were able to move the ball against the commanders, but this is not good for the Jets offense. Okay. Like last week, great matchup. This week, the opposite. Even if Zach Wilson was playing, I would still be pretty worried. Um, yeah. and now with Simeon, I'm even more worried. Um, you know, and I know Brees Hall just had a monster week. He had, I think, 27 targets um on Sunday. Um just kidding. <laughs> Rough, but he had a lot. Um <laughs> I, I I don't think I'm dying to have him in my lineup this week. You know, if I have some other decent options, um, I, I have him outside my top 24 running backs this week, Zach. Um, I, I just, I just don't have trust in this Jets offense moving the ball in Cleveland with Simeon at quarterback. The resident Jets fan doesn't believe in Brees Hall. What? What? That's not nah. what I said. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> this week, this week, you, you, you're out on Brees Hall. I understand that. I kind of. I want to be out on Brees Hall, but I feel like if they're going to be moving the ball at all on offense, like they got to be checking it down to Brees Hall, right? Like we've seen him get it done in yeah. games where the offense is doing nothing. Like Brees Hall was able to get it done even, I think it was in a game with, um, what's his name at, at quarterback? I forget, what it, I forget what his name is. But the one that got benched, the one that's played against Miami. Oh, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Boyle? Tim Boyle, yeah. My fault. Yeah, Tim Boyle. Even in a game with him, he was able to kind of come through for you. It wasn't like great. But he was able I to mean, kind of come through. Listen, if you're if you're gonna give me ten to twelve PPR points, like yeah. that is barely a low in RB two. 
you know? So yeah, that's fair. You know, I, that, that's where you, you know have I mean? rank. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. I see it. Okay. That makes sense. So the upside might not be there. I have him I right the floor, now. The, the 10 point floor, I think is pretty much locked in. Okay. Yeah. Then we're in the same spot pretty much, but I haven't ranked up just a little bit higher. I have him up at RB 19. So it's like okay. slightly it's changing. Bad. I don't think it's that bad. I'm a little bit more optimistic and that's purely probably just because I'm off the, 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 um, the championship juice from last week where you put, put right. up 43 points, you know, like it's yeah, easy to get caught that. up in that a little bit, but I, I think you look at this, if there's going to be anything that's working on offense, you know, against the Browns, I feel like it's just going to be the checkdowns to Brees Hall. And that means he's going to be a PPR play. Like if this is non PPR, we're talking about, I think Brees Hall is definitely out of your lineup <laughs> at this point because it's going to be, <laughs> right, a I know, right? that's kind yeah. of how it feels so like, like yeah, yeah. he's not even close to anything. I don't think, I don't think there's a, a way that he finishes as a top 24 guy even close in standard but in ppr i think he has that type of floor where you're safe you can start him but he might not have the upside of some guys like i have ezekiel elliott ahead of him this week and i'll talk about him then too once we get around to running backs but that's just an interesting situation right there as far as quarterbacks you're definitely not starting trevor simeon just leave him out don't even think about it like not a thought i i will say this though like (laughs) like don't take this as an opportunity to say like, okay, I'm going to bench Brees because like he is, he lives and dies by the big play. Right. Yeah. And uh, the Browns, yeah. the Browns, they, they've been given a lot of big plays up on, on defense to running backs. Um, among all teams in the NFL, the, the Browns are given up a 20 yard rushing play on uh, the, the second highest rate in the league behind the Broncos. And oh, man. we know what happened with the Broncos that 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 terrible day against the Dolphins, right? So that 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 tells you what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100. percent So I, no, I, I still think it's hilarious that Robert Sala was coming at Brees Hall for saying that he needs to stop going for the home run every play. Like I remember, that's just like, what are you even talking about? It's like without Brees Hall, without Brees Hall's home run home runs, where would you be right now? Is the question. Yeah. Oh, you know, so it's just crazy. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets and it gets confusing, but not anymore. Not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R vision in the app store today. All right, let, let's let's talk about some more quarterbacks. I, I don't want to spend too much time on quarterbacks because we kind of know who we're starting, especially if you're in the championship, right? Uh, yeah. I, I will say I love Dak this week at home against Detroit. He's my number two quarterback for the week behind Jalen Hurts because he also has a great matchup against Arizona. Um, I, right. I'm way back in on Brock Purdy this week against Washington. Okay, yep. very bad game last week against Baltimore, non-conference. It is what it is. You move on, okay? And now you have the best get-right spot imaginable against the commanders oh yeah 100 like the 49ers offense they just chew up bad defenses 
and good defenses. You know, the 49ers, they played the, the Ravens. The Ravens have probably the best, one of the best, if not the best defenses in the league. So that was acceptable. You know, Brock Purdy had been on a tear. He had 22 fantasy points in five of his past six games going into that one. You give him the mulligan. The commanders, they are free money in fantasy football. Just, just, just start him. He, there's no question. I have him. I think he's my QB four. Yeah, he's my QB four behind the big three. He's like, Jalen Hurd, he's, Josh he's Allen, Dak. He's my, he's my QB four behind the big three as well. So I guess yeah. we have a big four this week. Uh, who's your QB five? <laughs> this week, yes. I have Lamar, believe it or not. Me too. And, I guess we have a big big five. Who's number six? <laughs> uh, let's see. Number six, I have Justin Fields. Against Atlanta. Ooh, okay. That's where we differ. That's where we differ. And let me and, see. And the guy, let me see. The guy, let me see the next guy. Who? Who? Do you, I have Matthew Stafford at seven. Do you have Stafford no. at six? Okay. No. Who do you have at six? Oh wait, I have at six. I have um, I have Stafford at seven. I have somebody else at six. That's where I have Stafford at seven. Okay, so if I had to pick, let's see, at six, there's only two other guys it can be. Now, it, it's not Jared Goff, is it? CJ Stroud is likely back this week. Okay. He's my QB six on the week. Okay. Uh, both Nico Collins and Noah Brown have amazing matchups on the perimeter. And he yeah. has Dalton Schultz healthy too. Uh, and just a note on Schultz. Uh, I know Tennessee has given up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends this season, but I don't think it's the worst matchup in the world for Schultz specifically. He, he has done pretty well against two high safety coverage this year, eighth among qualifying tight ends in yards per route run against two high, and the Titans run it at the 10th highest rate. And he gets targeted on 25% of his routes against that type of coverage. So I think Stroud is going to be able to get it done this week in a big way with all his guys having decent matchups. So assuming he clears the protocol, he's going to be back in my lineup. It seems like he will clear the protocol this week. Um, yeah, and also, like I wouldn't overthink it with Dalton Schultz this week because of that like big red indicator next to his name. Uh, <laughs> but Nico Collins is 1,000% in my lineup. This week, wide receiver one play. Uh, Noah Brown, definitely in play as well. I think more so as a wide receiver three, boom, bust type of play. Um, and then Dalton Schultz as well. And I think all that is going to kind of just bubble up to CJ Stroud having a big day. Yeah, it has to happen. I have him a little bit further down. He's my QB nine just because, I don't know, maybe maybe I've gotten too far away from seeing CJ Stroud in action. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's been on <laughs> right, the field right. the past two weeks. But this game, is it shouldn't look anything like the last game that these two teams played, you know, between the Titans and the Texans, because it's a completely different quarterback. CJ Stroud is that much of a difference maker, so I I'm with you. I think there's definitely upside there. I'm just a little bit more hesitant than you, obviously. You know, he he's coming back in, but it does look like he's going to play. Um, but just to go back and touch on Lamar quick, you know, just because if no, we I, down. I, 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 we'll touch on Lamar. I just I want to say something real quick that go I ahead, think Stafford is like that's who I'm kind of in between in terms of like who I want to put at six. Uh, it's very close between me and Stafford. Uh, I'm sorry, me and Stafford. Between you and, me and Stafford, Stafford, super close. Like I want to start myself, so, but like who are you starting between Stafford or Faraz Siddiqui? <laughs> I, I think I might go with Faraz here. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Stafford Stafford's been on a roll, so maybe we'll go with yeah, him. All right, he's on a roll. He's got a good uh, matchup. Let's talk. Let's talk Lamar real quick. Do you, okay. I just want to know. Do you remember what happened the last time that these two teams played each other in 2022? Oh, was didn't they score like 100 points or something? Oh yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. Lamar had four touchdowns and 100 yards on the ground. Tua had six passing touchdowns. You remember that? And the Dolphins came back. They were down huge, and it was just this huge Insane. game for all of them. Just pandemonium, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't think that explosion is going to happen again. Oh, was this the game? This was the game when Tyreek like, and Waddle went yeah, absolutely like week two. ape shit. Yeah, I think yeah. they combined for 400 receiving yards that that 
Yeah, it was that yeah. record-breaking game. It was ridiculous. Like, I don't think yeah. that's going to happen again, but it's just we got to touch on that since we're here and we're at this matchup and it just happened to be at 1 o'clock. You know, it, just, it was a 1 o'clock game. I remember that specifically because it was like the mm-hmm. second week of the season. It's like, what the heck is going on? Vegas says it's going to be a high-scoring high game, 47-point over under. That's the fourth highest this week. I have Lamar as my QB5, like I mentioned. Two is my QB11. Lamar has three straight top 10 finishes since Baltimore's bye, so he's turned it up. I know a low, he hit a lull there in the, in the middle of the season before that bye where he wasn't doing a whole lot of scoring, but it seems like they're finding their feet, you know, just as a team overall. Like, this is going to be a good game. And I, I think the matchups, obviously, I'm not scared away off of Tua because of the Ravens' defense playing well. I know the Dolphins have really tightened things up on defense, you know, the past couple of weeks since Jalen Ramsey's been back. Don't scare it away from you. It's a marquee matchup. This is one of those where you just start everybody because it's going to be that type of game where players are just scoring and scoring. I, I, I'm all in on Lamar Jackson this week. He's, he's number five. Okay. All right. So I got a few of the fringe quarterback QB ones here. So like Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Geno Smith. Um, the, the way Baker is playing right now, and like we see Chris Godwin just making this emergence, random emergence at the end of the year. <laughs> like this is who he is, yeah. you know, so glad that he's back. But the way Baker's playing right now, like I think you got to start him over these guys, right? You starting him over golf and on and Gino this week? Oh, well, uh, definitely over Gino, one hundred percent. Not not even a question. Uh, it's a tougher matchup for Baker Mayfield, you know. This week, I don't know. I kind of like golf. You know, it's 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 an indoor yeah. game. They've been getting things done in Dallas. They haven't been fantastic on defense these past couple of weeks. And you look at the season long stats, and it looks like it's a tough matchup on paper. But Dallas has been allowing a lot of points, um, a lot more than they were at the beginning of the season. The quarterbacks. Um, over the last four weeks. So just definitely something to keep in mind there. I, I like Jared Goff. I think they can do things on offense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Vegas has that game as the highest total of the week. I think it's 53 and a half, which is really high. So I know that road teams have struggled against Dallas going into Dallas, but I think they're going to be just fine. We saw Seahawks do it a couple weeks ago. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, and Jared Goff has some upside. I like it just a little bit more on Baker Mayfield against New Orleans. And, and you said you had Justin Fields pretty high, like in your top seven, right? Yes. Why? Okay, gotcha. No, because I'm I'm you just, just saying you're definitely like, starting Justin Fields the over out. these guys. Um, I got you. And yeah. then also you start all the. Uh, I'm assuming you're starting all these guys over Tua, but maybe except Geno Smith. Are you starting Tua over Geno? I'm starting Tua over Geno. Yeah, I have Geno okay. Smith pretty far down in my rankings. He's bordering on. He he's. Let me see. Where is he on my rankings? He is with the Tyrod Taylors and Derek Carrs of the world. Okay. Okay, I yeah. have him pretty high. I have him higher than I kind of like the matchup this week against Pittsburgh. So I do have him a little bit high. I have him as a borderline QB1 this week, high in QB2. But okay. All right. Because I am you. thinking about starting him over Tua this week. I'm thinking about it. Um. All right, let's see. How do you feel about Kyle Murray this week? You know, going up against Philly. Uh, you know, I think Trey McBride obviously will get his and be just fine. He, he should definitely be started, obviously, even after a, a not so great game this past week um does he have enough weapons to get it done like the matchup is really really good i i think he does and i think that just comes from having trey mcbride <laughs> i think that's really all he needs <laughs> to get it done and i i don't want to just blow smoke all over you know trey mcbride said like he's this difference maker already but he's obviously the best weapon that they have right now you know in the offense and we've seen kyler murray get it done with rondell moore before we've seen him get it done with greg dorch like you know and I, I talked about this last, I think it was last episode that we were on. I said, was like, why is this offense so short? But it works sometimes. And I, I think that in this matchup, the Eagles, 
Yeah, yeah. The, the offense is short. The Trevor Bryant looks like a giant compared yeah, to like he's these freaking David and Goliath. It's like five <laughs> Davids and Goliath, you know, running out on offense at the skill oh, positions. Man. It's freaking hilarious. But the way that the Eagles have been playing defense, it's been a no defense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We've seen receivers get it done. I think that um, Tyrod Taylor last week, just this past week, would have had a bigger game. He only played a half of football. He played bad football, still scored 10 points. You know, you've ex- extrapolate that out to a full game. You're looking at like 20 points. I think Kyler Murray is better than Tyrod Taylor. You look at the matchup. I think the Cardinals offense isn't as bad as it, you might be led on to believe that it is. I know they just struggled against the Bears, but they've been playing better defense as of late. I have Kyler Murray as my QB 15. I think he has upside to be inside the top 10, but I'm just going to say the Cardinals haven't been playing well. And if the Eagles find their way, I feel like the Eagles are going to have to find their way at some point where they're just going to start dominating teams again. This could be the spot. All right, let's move on to some running backs. Keep an eye on Isaiah Pacheco. He's in the concussion protocol. No practice for him on Wednesday. Jared McKinnon is on IR. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire becomes like basically the every down back, potentially, if Pacheco can't go. Um, So make sure CEH is not just sitting on waivers. There are less teams, you know, picking up waiver wires, you know, having to pick up waiver wire guys. So like if CEH is still there, just make sure to pick him up, even if you don't plan on starting him because you don't want your opponent to grab them, right? So I think CH yeah. is a, you know, as a low end RB2 is perfectly fine this week. I think that's those that's his floor. The low end RB2, I think if Pacheco can't go. I haven't ranked <laughs> as a low end RB2 this week. Yeah, so I haven't right. at his floor. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right. But yeah. he's obviously going to be useful and you better be playing a league where nobody else is taking him. Like you don't have guys in the toilet bowl taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire to save them from the toilet bowl. You don't have that. <laughs> That's not how it should be working. So by the way, Zach, I, I, I don't, I mean, you haven't realized this because you've been in the playoffs, so you don't have to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> once our, right. once we made the playoffs, like once we hit week, was it week 15? Yeah. I literally locked everybody's roster um, who didn't make the playoffs. Oh, like, really? Didn't make any moves. I didn't yeah. even realize that. Yeah. I, yeah I'm because free it doesn't from the anything, shackles but, hung but that, by the commissioner. I think, I think that's the way it should go because it outside yeah. of we have 12 teams in our league, you know, six teams made it. The other six like shouldn't be picking up any, anybody off waivers straight up. Like it yeah. should just be the people who are in the playoffs because there's exactly. no prize or anything like that. Like the person who has the worst record in the league and is 12th place at the end of the regular season is the person who lost the league. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the way it should be. Done. You, you can't have yeah. guys in, from the grave essentially stealing players that are going to help teams yeah. making a championship run. That, that's the exactly. only way to do it. And I was just making sure because like I've been in leagues like that right early on when we started, when I started playing fantasy football, uh, I was probably 13 years old. I don't even know. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> these leagues, we had people poaching guys off waivers yeah. to go play in the toilet bowl. It's like, you can't have that. No, can't do that. Um, all right. So CMC, Kyron Williams, Rashad white, Alvin Kamara, I think I plug in Pacheco against Cincinnati after these guys because it's such a good yep. matchup if he plays. Um, he's going to have a great role, obviously, with Jarek McKinnon on IR. Um, Jameer Gibbs, like, right there as well. I think those those are, like, my top six, assuming you Pacheco have, goes. Did you have my rankings? Like, I don't remember sending no, you my rankings, but that's exactly what I have. And I think that's probably <laughs> that's consensus right. with, with pretty much everybody. You know, that, it, that's it wasn't, it wasn't consensus. It wasn't consensus. I had to move some guys around. I think you did. You, you had to as well. Yeah, I definitely so, did. Yeah, it wasn't like, consensus. Who, I, don't even I mean, know we we there. we grab consensus rankings off of fantasy pros, and then we move things around, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I think we move things around a lot more than most people do. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, no, it seems like we're we're on the same page with that, so that's good. 
Um, I, I think Saquon gets a bump, you know, with Tyrod behind center. I have him at eight this week personally against the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he has these these boom weeks. Um, and I think this could be one of them. You know, I think they'll be able to move the ball against them at home. The Rams like don't really have a great defense. So I think they'll be able to move the ball. And if they do, I think Saquon's gonna be a big part of that. Yeah, it's funny. I have him at nine. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Yeah, we, we we're we're like telegraphing our rankings here, you know what I'm saying? But I, I Well, agree. this is good. I, I I don't think it's going to be a non-competitive game. Like you might look at the Rams; they obviously have all the momentum. You might say, "Okay, well, the Rams are going to blow the Giants out." That kind of thing. But I don't think that's going to be the case because, like we mentioned, Tyrod Taylor under center is going to be stability. He plays a full game. I think there's a chance that this is competitive or neutral at a point where Saquon Barkley he's not only getting eight carries. You know what I mean? I think he's going to have a solid workload both ways. Yeah, and and I'm hoping he gets some targets too. You know what I mean? Like that's what we. Yeah, yeah, both ways. He's he's a a dynamic receiver. (laughs) <laughs> he's a dynamic receiver. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, he's a dynamic receiver, and like, he needs to be used. You know, so like, yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, that ends up being the case. So if they if they're able to move the ball, you know, I know the the Rams. You know, they haven't been giving up a whole lot of fantasy points to running backs this year, um, but I think that this is a spot where Saquon can come through. Um, let's see. It's interesting because we talked about James Cook and his utilization being pretty low, and then not yeah. matching up with the production and the fantasy points. Right, and and that came to a screeching halt this week because he didn't he get it done for fantasy. <laughs> but the reason why it's interesting is because the utilization actually got a bump, right? Like I'm looking at fantasylife.com, yeah. 73% of snaps, highest of the season, 69% of the rushing attempts, highest of the season, 61% route participation, highest of the season, but no targets. Like yeah, that- the dude was being targeted at a rate that no other running back <laughs> was being targeted at, right? Yeah since Joe Brady took over this past week. Uh, It's crazy. But I I think he's an RB1 play, you know, this week. Even in a tough matchup against the Patriots, he's an RB1 play. Yeah, he is. But, like, you don't know what you got until it's gone. You know, we were nitpicking his usage. We were like, oh, we need to get – we need him to get on the field board for route participation. You know, he had a high targets per route run. We were complaining. We were like, okay, he's getting some rushing share. He's getting the receiving share. But if we could just get the route participation up, that would be great. You know, maybe we just – we, we were getting too greedy there because then he switched it. It's like great that he got all that, all the work in the ground game, but I'd rather have him back at what he was getting before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know. Like, I'd rather, because I don't want an early down back. You know what I'm saying? Compared to a guy that's going to be getting four, five, six catches, targets a game, like, that's not good. And the thing is, James Cook is going into this matchup with the Patriots. You know, I think that he would be better off getting that receiving role back. I hope it doesn't stick where he just gets this this ground game role. Um, that's what we saw last week. I'm not a fan of it. I have him ranked. He's a fringe RB1 for me. I think he might be 12 for me in my rankings. If I just count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He's RB11 right now. I, I have him just behind Saquon Barkley and those guys that we mentioned earlier. I think that his upside is there, but suddenly now it's like that, fl- that floor where we're finally starting to feel secure with James Cook in our lineup. The, the rug got ripped out from under us. <laughs> now you're like, okay, what's going to happen moving forward? I, I think he still has that upside, but that security there is just it's just gone right now at this point. Yeah, well, listen, uh, like I always say, I, I tend to follow the utilization more than fantasy points and, you know, more than production and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'm, you know, me personally, like I, I don't think – is necessarily what it became like like obviously if you had him last week you wish he had more fantasy points he had zero targets in this game right yeah. and this that's not that's what you want to see mm-hmm. but like the route participation went up 
and usually targets follow. Okay, so the fact that he was being targeted at such a high rate before this happened, and then when his route participation went up, he started getting targeted at zero percent. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? So, like I look at this game as more of an outlier than the previous few weeks being outliers in terms of him getting fantasy points. So I'm not really worried about James Cook going into this game. Like you look at what the Patriots give up, especially you know uh, through the air. They're giving up the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most receptions, uh, two running backs per game. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, like they're 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 not that great in defending running backs in, in the pass game. Like yeah. in terms of yards per receiving yards per game, also seventh uh, worst against running backs. So uh, I think I think he'll be just fine. They, they all they've also given up some touchdowns too through the yeah. air. And so, it, it's funny. In that same game this weekend, they have Ezekiel Elliott on the other side. Obviously, Patriots Bills playing each other, but it's like the exact same yeah. situation where Zeke, he's got a 27% target share over the past three weeks since he's taken over, and now they're going up against the Bills. They're both top 10. They're top 10 in both receiving re- receptions allowed to running backs and receiving yards allowed to running backs. So, like, that's a match made in heaven right there for Zeke. If you want to get him, like, he should be in line for another seven or eight catches maybe this week, right? Like, that's what you got to look at. He's going to have a super nice floor for you in PPR. 100%. I have Ezekiel Elliott. He's pretty high. He's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five spots beneath James Cook in my rankings. I have him as an RB16 this week, so he's a mid-RB2 yeah. for me. And I, I think that yeah. makes perfect sense based on what we've seen. And it, I think the Bills are going to obviously be ahead in this game. That's only going to help Zeke get more of those targets if they're just going to be dumping it off. That might help them sustain drives. That's what he's been doing. Yeah, 100%. And I have James Cook right around where you have James Cook, and I have Zeke right around where you have Zeke as well. And and by the way, the Bills are also bottom 10 in allowing receiving uh, I'm sorry, re- re- allowing receptions to running backs. So, uh Zeke is legit this week. Yeah. Um Kenneth Walker's role is back to where we want to see it. Um we didn't get the fantasy points this past week, but 79% of the rushing attempts two weeks in a row when Zach Charbonnet is perfectly healthy. That's a nice little trend. That's what you want to see, right? And now they get Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh is top 10 in most rushing attempts allowed to running backs per game. They're bottom 10 in rushing yards to running backs per game and yards per carry to running backs per game, which is a good thing for Kenneth Walker. Uh, Seahawks favorite at home in this one as well. I I think he's in a pretty good spot this week to bounce back. Yeah, so where do you have him? Because I want want to see if we're on the same wavelength as we've been. I have him pretty high, dude. I have him pretty high. high. all right, you ready? Yeah, RB eleven at the same time. RB eleven. I have him at ten. Because <laughs> James Cook is my eleven, so I have him at there ten. And it, it, it felt illegal putting him there because yeah. I know we've been through so much. Where it's just been like Ken Walker ends up getting hardly any of the carries. It's a Zach Charbonnet week, but you look at the utilization, like you said, the the rushing attempt share has been there each of these past two weeks. And the thing we talked about it on the episode last week, we said. Kenneth Walker, he shows up, pops up on the injury report. We're not sure what's going to happen. We had seen him historically when he's been on the injury report. Suddenly, he's been like, oh, Zach Charbonnet mixes in. That wasn't the case this week. Like you mentioned, your favorite word comes out unscathed. It looks like he's going to be in that RB1 discussion again. We can start talking about there, talking about him in that light moving forward. And this, I guess moving forward would be this week because <laughs> it's a yeah. championship. But yeah, I, I have yeah, exactly. an RB1 start. Obviously, low on RB1. I don't have any problem starting him. I, I think that the matchup Which, isn't as bad as some people might think it is. You know, I, I'm in, I'm looking at this Josh Jacobs situation pretty closely. 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think if he goes, I think, you know, he has to be in your lineup, you know, especially against the Colts, right? Like very, very, very good matchup here. Um, and because of that, like if he doesn't go, I think Zamir White should be in lineups because of the matchup and because he got a ton of volume last week, 22 carries for 145 yards on the ground. Yep. And the Raiders rode him just like they were riding Jacobs before he got hurt. Yeah, and that's exactly what you want to see. Like, this is ideally how you want a handcuff situation to play out. <laughs> like, Zamir White, you hadn't heard much about him coming into the season. You know, obviously, we knew that he was there, but we hadn't, we didn't have the evidence to back it up, say, okay, Zamir White is definitely the guy 100% as soon as Josh Jacobs goes down. That's been the case. And it was kind of empty calories last last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he had 145 yeah, scoreless course. yards. So, like, there's got to be something... This is this is just me going off on a tangent here. There's got to be some kind of you know repayment for a running back that goes for like 140 some yards on the ground. That's a huge day, you know. And then they don't score; yeah. they end up with 14 fantasy points. They're going to end up as like the RB 18 on the week. You know what I'm saying? I, I like, agree, man. In a PPR league, like when there when has to the be recourse. Does, there has to be like yo, if you go over 120, you get an extra like three points or something. Yeah, something like that. You know because. That that cushion, you could catch three passes for 30 yards, and that's a touchdown right there. And then you look at it, it's just like you have 140 yards rushing. It's easy to say, but I was just watching that game. I was like, Zamir White is having a huge day. How many fancy points does he have? He has 14. It's like, that's just ridiculous, if you ask me. But with Zamir White, like we're saying, obviously, the matchup is good. If Josh Jacobs doesn't play, you're going to be putting Zamir White in your lineup. But for me, if Josh Jacobs plays, I have him ranked pretty high because of the matchup. And I imagine if he plays, that means he's good to go. And I think yeah. I have him. Let me see where I'm. One, two, three, four, five. Six. I have him as the RB8. Yeah. I have him as the RB8. That's where I have him. And I don't know where you would put him. I, I, like I said, I know we've been on the same wavelength, but that's where I have him. I'm very confident in Josh Jacobs if he plays because this matchup is just like gold. There you go. I have he, he's be, He'll be an RB1 play for me as well. Um, I want to go down a couple, talk about a couple more running backs real quick before we close it out, guys. By the way, upperhandfantasy.com is where you can find our rankings. Our rankings should be up by Wednesday night. Um, so be able to check out our running back rankings, quarterback oh, rankings, wide receiver, tight end. Wednesday night, that's tonight. Yes? That's tonight. Technically, yeah. All right, just making sure. Yes. Yeah, I, I, at least my rankings will be up. Like, I don't know if Zach's rankings will be up. My <laughs> rankings will be up for sure. Um, Zach has Zach has a lot going on, guys. Like, he has to create the newsletter for us. He's creating these, like, memes on Instagram. Like, he got way too much going on uh, to worry about rankings. So don't worry. My rankings will be up time. there. Yeah, yeah. No, Zach. Dude, Zach. Do you guys agree with me that Zach is absolutely killing the memes on Instagram? Like, absolutely just destroying. I, just, I, I, I love it. I, every Like, it just. I, and I said this before. Like you, you know it's funny when like I literally he sends it to me before he posts. Not all the time. Sometimes he just posts it, but like sometimes you know, he'll he'll just he'll just like I'll just start laughing like out loud when I see some of these. So like that's how you know like original, awesome, funny, really really good. Um, it's funny. Yeah. I want to hit on a couple I more. I hate when yeah, some of them die. I hate when some of them just die. I send them to you, and you're like, no, I'm gonna veto that one. I'm like, oh. yeah, it just, it just yeah, takes come, me off. because like, we could have thing. a better situation. Yeah. It's like so. Sometimes I gotta, I gotta say like, hey, listen, like this, you know, it has the, it has to be right, you know. And like sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I haven't, I haven't, you know, swung, I get it. I, I haven't swung. <laughs> no, no, no. You haven't you struck know, a down whole lot you, down. You too many no. times. You know, maybe, maybe one or two, maybe one or two. Okay. Right. Um, couple of more guys. Can I ask you a question? Where do you have Tony Pollard? Yeah. Oh, I. I oh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> too low. Too low. It, it's pretty I have bad. Really low. Um, I want to know how. Okay, so I we're gonna ballpark okay, this one. I'll tell you. 
5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. <laughs> He's still counting. Okay. This. So, <laughs> where do you have him? Because I know where I have him. And RB25. I have an RB30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that tells you that tells you the whole story with Tony Pollard right now. Yeah. Just look at the matchup. Look at the utilization he's been getting. It hasn't been anything close to what we want to see. Obviously, he was getting that utilization a couple of weeks ago when they were playing games at home. And, you know, touchdowns, it was just, you get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. But over these past couple of weeks, they played a tough game against Philly. He didn't have a touchdown that game. He needed targets to get him through that one. Then Miami and Buffalo, the Cowboys offense has just been all out of sorts. They're playing at home again against the Lions. But I think that's kind of, you know, nullified by the Lions being fantastic against the run. And we've had this discussion so many times. You know, we said it last week with Ty Chandler. You know, we looked at Ty Chandler. He had that big game against the Bengals. You're like, oh, he's going to do the same thing. Well, no, the Lions shut him down completely. They didn't have yeah. any room to run the ball. I think the same thing happened to Tony Pollard. Ty, Ty Chandler had a, had a rushing touchdown in this game. And he had a total of seven fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you and you I think mean, Tony Pollard is going to change anything about that? I, I don't think so. Tony the Pollard thing, was an afterthought in this game against Miami, dude. Yeah, it was like he was well, just taking up space on the field. <laughs> he wasn't an afterthought because everybody was flaming him for not just running to the pylon instead of trying to go through to everybody when he ran or me. He Me? Was on my I was in this game. Oh my god! I'm I so was. Yeah, I don't know. It was ridiculous. Was but so what I'm saying is, how do you get you, arm tackled at the goal know. line when you have a full? He has a he, full oh, head man, of steam. Don't get me started. Yeah. Anyway. The utilization. Listen, utilization. Look at. He's had 11 to 12 carries these past couple of weeks. Only four targets. Only three catches over the past two weeks. I don't like it at all. And the other thing is the no. Lions. They've. You can take advantage of them in the passing game. We saw Justin Jefferson do it. Nick Mullins had a good day, even though he had four interceptions. He still finished with 20 fantasy points. Like, this is literally a shoe-in. This is going to be a Dak Prescott-CD Lamb game. This is what they've been doing at home. It's all just laid out there. Like, I would be amazed if Tony Pollard would come through with an RB1 performance this week. And I, I'd be amazed if he has an RB2 performance this week because I have him as my RB30. He's outside the top 24. So it feels weird because this is a guy we were talking about being potentially the overall RB1 coming into the season. And now he's it's just been a fall from grace. And at this point, you can't rely on him anymore. Even though he's had a couple good games, the ceiling isn't any, anywhere close to what you need it to be, especially in championship. This is so far from an upside play. You're just pretty much asking to lose. You're playing not to lose if you play Tony Pollard, and you're still probably going to lose anyway. You know, uh, it, it was interesting. I want to move to the Miami backfield real quick because, you know, obviously Devon A-Chain, you know, was active, but Raheem Moster got banged up early in that game. He ended up returning. Yeah. But he had a shin injury, ankle injury, and he's still, still calling, kind of dealing with that. Mike McDaniel today said that he's not worried about it, uh, that he should be fine. Um, and I'm not overly worried about it either. But the interesting thing was that they did not just turn, give the keys over to Devon A. Chain in that game when uh, Raheem Oster was out. Jeff Wilson was getting some of that work, and he was on the field quite a bit. Um, th it was not the Devon A. Chain show. So, no. uh, you know, obviously they used A. Chain for sure, but like it was not the way that I thought they would, right? Jeff Wilson was definitely a factor. So now, going into this week, listen, for me, Moser's going to be in my lineup regardless. If he's active, he's in my lineup, okay? But yep. when it comes to, like, A-Chan, like, let's say Jeff Wilson was out. I think A-Chan would definitely be in, in lineups. But, like, it's a situation where you know that Jeff Wilson it, it could be involved as well. If Moser's active but limited, 
like you kind of look at it with like, okay, I do want a chain in my lineup, but like Jeff Wilson could be a factor, right? Just getting, yeah. just taking a few touches away here and there. And that's not what you want to see at all. No, not at all. For me, I look at Devon Achan. I don't know where you have him. I have him as an RB25. That's where I have him in my rankings. Yeah, I have him pretty low. Uh, I have him at 27 this week. Like, yeah, I don't know how long we can cling to this. You know, we know what the upside is discussion with Devon Achan, especially this week against the Ravens. It's going to be tough sledding on the Mm -hmm. ground. And if if Raheem Mostert plays, obviously he's going to be... I've ranked him as if Raheem Mostert is going to play. But even if he doesn't play, like you mentioned, Jeff Wilson coming in, Jeff Wilson wasn't only just playing. It's not like he was the early down guy. He had some short down and distance snaps. He had some long down distance snaps. He was getting a little of everything. He was mixing it all over the place. So that's disappointing if you have Devon Achan. I think for the most part, that upside discussion is out the window. But with Raheem Mostert, you know, it looks like a tough matchup on paper. I'm not out on him at all. You know, this week I have him. He's a he's the RB12 for me. He's, it's not like you, you're putting him out of your lineup or anything like that. Even with this injury thing, I'm not worried about it until they say that he's out. You know, I'm just going to assume that he's playing. Otherwise, he, he came back and he came back in the game last week. He ended up scoring a touchdown after he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, exactly. So that's always what you need to worry about with that. But then you also look at it, like running backs have been able to get it done against the Ravens. Like case in point, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. He's matchup proof. But we've seen other guys get it done against them, too. Like Kyron Williams was able to get it done. You were able to look at. Joe Mixon a couple weeks ago, Jameer Gibbs earlier in the season. Like this isn't a bulletproof run defense, even though on paper it looks like a really tough matchup. I think Raheem Mostert can come through because he is one of those top tier guys, those top tier fantasy running backs because he scored 20 touchdowns. You know, you can't write him off. The Dolphins offense is plenty good. As long as Raheem Mostert is healthy, like I'm putting him in my lineup and I'm not really worrying too much about it. But I am going to say like the upside might be limited because it is a good defense they're playing against. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Ravens are bottom 10 in yards per carry given up to running backs. So it's really a matter of can an offense move the ball against them? And if they do, then if they're able to sustain drives, that yards per carry turns into real production, right? Because a lot of the times you have situations where teams like they might be able to run the ball well against the Ravens, like on first and second down, but then they can't convert so that that it doesn't really amount to anything or they're in a negative game script where they stop running the ball. Right. So that's that those are situations that teams have been in against the Ravens. But when the games have been close or when teams have been beating them, they've been getting it done on the ground against the Ravens. Um, There was one other situation. Oh, yeah. So Washington's backfield real quick. I just want to touch on that for just for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, they're going up against San Francisco. This is the terrible matchup. But I'm just saying, okay, just saying. If you're desperate for somebody to play, I know we 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 thought that Gibson, Antonio Gibson, could potentially do something without Brian Robinson. That was not the case, obviously. But now you have two running backs in that backfield, a little bit banged up right now. Okay, yeah. um, so it's a situation where Antonio Gibson kind of could be the last man left. It, you know, you could listen. A lot of people will be like, "You can't start that guy in Championship Week." Blah blah. But it's like sometimes people just scratch and claw their way, you know, through the playoffs. It happens all the time, and you could be Heck looking yeah. for someone to play. So, you know, you, you if you just lost Jalen Waddle, then you need to flex. Like, hello, like that can happen, right? You just lost, um, I don't know who. There's a, there's a couple of guys that got hurt. You, you just Jordan lost Jordan Addison, Addison. DJ Hawkinson, yeah. like yeah, yeah, those guys. So but... like, you, there are to- there are things that you need to do. Championship week It's just like any other week. We got to plug guys in. So if you're looking for a guy like Antonio Gibson could be somebody that you can plug in even against the 49ers you know as long as he gets some work in the receiving game you know and remember you know there's, there's a quarterback switch here right sam howell wasn't targeting you know running backs a whole lot 
Um, there could right. be something that happens there, and the offense could be moving a little bit better, uh, even if it's a tough matchup. Um, I, I I think that's really all the situations that I wanted to talk about. I think some some deep running back plays. Kenneth Gainwell, he's been kind of you know getting some more touches here and there just because of the overall volume um, that the that teams have afforded the Eagles lately, um, especially against right. the Cardinals. They're allowing the most rushing rushing attempts uh, per game to running backs. So. That's a situation where you could see DeAndre Swift get his. By the way, I love DeAndre Swift this week. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Um, love him. We're going up against the Cardinals. Like, he's been getting the volume, you know, over the past couple weeks. Yeah, two weeks right? Yeah. So, he's been getting it done, and I think he can get it done again. I think there'll be a little bit of room for Kenneth Gainwell. Okay, he's been a little involved in the passing game as well. You know, desperate flex type of situation with a little bit of upside because of the matchup against Arizona. Um Let's see. I think that's really it. That's that's really all I want to talk about. I know that Khalil Herbert had a bunch of volume this past week, um, but you know Deontay Foreman was out for personal reasons. He's back in practice today, so okay. uh, I I would good. kind of stay away from that entire Bears backfield because you will not <laughs> be able to guess it right, most likely. No. Okay, um, unless you really want to play roulette episode. with your championship, then, <laughs> right, then, exactly. then if you want to make it interesting, you really just roll the dice, have a gamble, then start a Bears running back, but. I'm not. I, I don't think I've had a Bears running back on my roster this whole season. <laughs> for that reason, good, well, well, good for you, man. I, that, that's 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 what you, that's <laughs> that's the way to do it. Um, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back uh, either today or tomorrow. I mean, I'm sorry, either tomorrow or Friday to talk about wide receivers and tight ends. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's going to do it. So we appreciate you guys. Check out OperaHandFantasy.com for the rankings. Um, and also, while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the newsletter that Zach is sending out every single day for free. Okay. By the way, guys, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Okay, I, I, I didn't even say anything about that. I was so caught up in fantasy. Hope you guys have a great, uh, you know, rest. If you don't listen to any more podcasts this this year, have a great Thank new you year. For closing the year. I hope you us. had a wonderful <laughs> Christmas. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, but just wanted to say that because I feel like I talked to you guys after Christmas, but I didn't. So just wanted to say that before we close out. All right, I'm gonna close out now. Bye.